0: Fellas, don't drink that coffee.
1: She
2: gonna listen to this?
1: She can't tell time. That's cool. I wish I I wish I couldn't tell time.
2: <laughs> you can tell people welcome back.
1: Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> uh, welcome do, back.
2: Why don't you do? Why don't you do one of these? We're almost at the end. Why don't you do one of these? Come on.
1: What do you want me to do? Like, the intros?
2: Yeah, do the intro to the show.
1: Oh. uh... Hi, I'm Sean. This is Dish in the Percolator. Follow us on Twitter at Percolator Pod. You can
0: email us if you want, percolatorpod at gmail.com. Visit the website, Dish in the
1: Percolator.com. It's is it slash it dot com? gov. Yeah, it
2: is Dot
0: com. <laughs> .edu.
2: Is that what I sound like?
0: Dodd Uh, Blogspot.
2: That's
1: not what you sound like. I was doing Andrew Luck doing an impression of you.
2: I'm too depressed to go on. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it. That's amazing. All right.
1: Let's get it going. Here we go. Come on.
2: Andrew Luck sounds way worse than that. (laughs)
0: No <laughs> <laughs> footballs.
2: I went to Stanford. I wrote the th- it's like I can't even do it. <laughs> he's an amazing quarterback though. Great
1: He sound he doesn't have a chin and he sounds like he doesn't have a chin.
2: It sounds like he doesn't have a voice box too. Oh man. Yeah. Um, he's had he, what a horrible life he has. Yeah, you gotta feel I don't bad. Know, I,
1: I don't know how he's coping with this terrible voice. <laughs>
2: it would be uh, rad if after he retires, he's like, wants to get into doing audiobooks.
0: <laughs> hey, every- hey, everybody. This is Watership <laughs> Down as read by Andrew Luck. <laughs> It was the best of times. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Please please let this happen.
1: If it doesn't, I'll just do it. Andrew yeah. like reading books.
2: I'm in I'm so in. Oh, <laughs> oh. my daughter yeah. has
1: one of those, you know, princess like the Disney princess story books. Yeah. But they're all like the short mm-hmm. versions, you know? Yeah. So I can just do those. Andrew Luck reads Disney princess stories.
2: Oh, dude, I'm in.
0: Once upon time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
1: Okay. Ah, oh,
2: so good. Okay, well, welcome, welcome back, welcome back to edition of the percolator. Um, I already did this. You don't the, have to do it. I, I just I said welcome back. I'm not all gonna. Right. I'm not gonna go through all the Twitter and stuff. Well, thank um, you, Mr. Cotter. That was that was Dallas McLaughlin doing my my uh, his impression of me. Um, Andrew Luck is not here, but we are we are here to talk about Twin Peaks.
0: What's true, Sean?
2: <laughs> We're not going to get through this one, dude. You gotta stop. You gotta stop. <laughs> okay. All right. Heather Graham. <laughs> If you don't, uh, if you don't know who Andrew Luck is or what he sounds like, Google can fix that for you.
1: Um, yeah, just Google it, and you'll you'll understand. Oh, so you'll get it real quick.
2: But we're here. We're here. We're back. We're here to talk about episode 19 of season two, which is uh, the the title for this one is "Variations on Relations," which is just that's that's one of the worst. Um, this was written by. Mark Frost. On the
1: variations
2: <laughs> of relations. Nope. Who who sang that song, by the way? Who sang on the wings of love?
1: I think wasn't it Lionel richie and somebody else?
2: Was it? Was it Hollywood?
1: Keep going, I'll look it up.
2: Yeah, look that up. Um mm. this was written by Mark Frost, who we know, and Harley Payton, who we also know. Uh it was directed by, I think this is his first episode, Jonathan Sanger. Who I don't know I'm not f- like really familiar with his work, but um he directed this episode. And uh, did you find out who's sang on the wings of love?
1: Looking it up. Keep going.
2: Well, I'm about we're about to start, so I just thought maybe we could get that in there before nah, just go ahead. Okay. So um one note I had about this is that and maybe this is because they can't change the credits, but it listed Joan Chen in the credits of this. And I was like, Josie is not in this, is she?
1: Uh, Do you remember? I like, don't think we know so, that no. Josie
2: has a brief cameo in the last one when she is kind of shows up in Hank's uh, or in Harry's vision. But, um, but, but I don't That think, was the last episode. Yeah, I don't think she's in this one. But Joan Chen is left, definitely in the credits, and that <laughs> may just be one of those things where she was in the credits and they couldn't change it. Um, but anyway. Um. So this episode starts back uh, at Owl Cave, your favorite cave. Um, Jeffrey
1: Osborne
2: is the guy who sings "On the Wings of Love." Yeah,
1: 1982 is when it came out.
2: Well, 82. Oh, yeah. So Jeffrey Osborne was like not the singer in a band; like this was his own song. This was his jam, man. Wow. Um. On the
0: wings of
1: love.
2: Yeah. It's a, good, it's a good song. Um, okay, so the the, the gentlemen, the sheriff's kind of brigade have returned to Owl Cave. Um, the aptly title, titled Owl, Owl Cave, your favorite cave. Um, it's the best. And they kind of discover what we saw Wyndham uncover, which we actually didn't see. We, he turned the the little owl-shaped cylinder... And the wall started shaking and that's where the episode ended but now we see what he has uncovered which is this huge kind of map uh, petroglyph thing and um, and so Hawk has noticed that the he sees the kind of footprints he notes that it's the same tracks that he saw outside um, the power station the night that you know kind of all hell broke loose between peaks and that's when they, you know, Wyndham had kind of broken into the sheriff station. Coop is worried. He says, you know, what would Earl be doing here? Um, he's afraid to find out. And uh, he asks Andy to kind of copy down the, the petroglyph that's on the wall. Which, how is Andy going to do that? Is Andy like an art major?
1: Well, maybe he's like an idiot savant, you know? Uh, yeah. Like he's a moron, but he can paint like, he, like a mofo. He
2: does a really good job later on in the, the sheriff station. So maybe he had a camera, you know, maybe like took some photos. Um, I mean, we know he can, (laughs) we we know he can spelunk. So, um, back in, uh, back in the flute hut, uh, Wyndham is, is kind of giving this speech about a place that we've heard of called the white lodge. And he talks about how it's this place where the sounds of innocence and joy fill the air uh, he refers to it as as a ghastly place reeking of virtue, uh, but he says don't don't cause, you know don't fear. There is also a place called the Black Lodge, which is a place of um, unimaginable power. And we, at this point, we notice that we have a guest um, who has joined us, who's not Leo. It's this guy who's just like kind of a punk rocker, and he's, yeah. ha- he's hanging out <laughs> while. <laughs> while Wyndham is giving this speech. Um,
1: Didn't it remind you of uh, one of the surf punks from Back to the Beach? Dude, to,
2: totally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's immediately what I thought of. What was the name of their gang?
1: Oh, I, could, I couldn't tell you.
2: Yeah. That's so good.
1: Yeah, but that's what he reminded me of. Yeah,
2: totally. Um, I really like this kid. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... But in the meantime, Wyndham is kind of speaking, you know, very eloquently and poetically about the Black Lodge. Um, And he's saying something about how the spirits there offer up a power so vast, uh, you know, whoever could control that could, you know, have basically like unlimited power. Uh, And this is what he intends to find is this place called the Black Lodge. And it right, right at that time, the, punk rock guys like you promised me beer um and uh so we know that S- S- Wyndham has something in store for this guy um windham also by the way has like a perfect copy of the owl Cale- cave petroglyph on his computer which i don't know how he did that like in do you remember like mac paint back in the day like that was hard to draw stuff on so
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I thought it was, like, Oregon Trail.
2: William has, like, high-tech stuff going on in that cabin for being out in the middle of nowhere. Like, there's no way he even has power. How does he, like, have a computer? Um, Batteries. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, Pete is home playing chess, lamenting and writing this poem for Josie, who he's so, you know, he's so broken up about. Yeah. Catherine comes in and she wants help with the box that uh, Jones left two episodes ago. Uh, Jones. So Pete takes a look at it and he's, he kind of mentions this anecdote about seeing one of these things before. He calls it a puzzle box. Uh, he mentions some trip with these twins and he says something about a monkey show you wouldn't believe. And she yeah, asked how long- <laughs> show you wouldn't believe <laughs> It's fantastic. Um, and she asked, you know, how long is this gonna take?" And he says you know this could take years. Um, us Twin Peaks fans know that they only have like three episodes so they're yeah. gonna have to they're gonna have to get to the bottom of this
1: or they leave it to season three. I don't know.
2: I am not gonna spoil anything for you.
1: Well there you uh, go there you go. you already did.
2: Uh, wh- what do you mean?
1: You said that you Twin Peaks fans know that you only got a couple episodes left, so it's not going to take years. It's going to be revealed in a couple episodes.
2: Maybe I'm trying to throw you, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to throw you through. Sean, it's okay.
1: It's okay. You tripped up once or twice during this experiment. It's okay.
2: You mean like when I introduced the show on the first episode and was like, M and Leland kills everyone. (laughs) Ah, crap. Did Ah. I do that?
1: Oh, Leland.
2: Oh, well, we just saved ourselves a lot of time. Um, well, anyways
1: episode one <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was the end of the podcast <laughs> okay so back at back at the double r um bobby is trying to convince shelly to enter the Miss twin peaks contest and he's kind of being a knob about it like he's kind of being very forceful and she doesn't want to do it but bobby is bobby's starting to grade on me you know what i mean like I know I know that's funny because he's probably been grading on a lot of people for a long time, but I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, he's, I don't like he's this version to, of Bobby. Uh,
1: yeah, he's he's back to being annoying Bobby.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so across the way, Mayor Milford and Lana are having breakfast and talking, and we find out, like, ooh, they've been doing it. Or something like it, or whatever his version of doing it is.
1: Yeah. Uh. No, I'm fine with it.
2: Uh. I married young Sean, so. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. Across the way, Dallas and his wife are having breakfast. Um, She. I don't know if she was like this kind of like had the kind of foresight to know that the twin peaks contest was coming up and he was one of the judges but she really wants to win the miss twin peaks contest and she's put it in his head that he's going to do this for her um there is a really funny line where she, what does she say she says i want to win the miss twin peaks contest and he says, you just name it. <laughs> like after she's already <laughs> yeah. said what she wants. Uh, he he. Whatever you feel about this storyline, he is fantastic anytime he's in the show. Um, Coop is back in the FBI jacket. He shows up to the, yeah. the diner uh, to pick up food for the guys because they've just been to Owl Cave and they're hungry. Um, and he asked her on a date. Or a nature study, which I guess is Coop's version of a date in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um,
1: Sounds like a hoot.
2: Shelly, being frustrated with Bobby, recites the poem that she was sent. And Coop hears her. He is like, his ears prick up. So he wants to see what she was sent. And she shows it to him. He keeps it. He is very distracted by this. And Annie kind of has to like snap him back into it to remind him about their... Date, which he says I'll be back later to pick you up. Um, Coop. Look at Coop. Go, Coop. Coop, dude. Yeah, man. He knows back. how to get him
1: with those nature na- nature, nature study. Sorry. nature study. Nature Nature studies.
2: Um, by the way, if you ever like want to ask a girl out, just ask her to go on a nature study. And prepare for the cops yeah. to show up at your house. <laughs> <laughs> he kept pointing oh, out birds do you like to go to jail then ask a girl to go on a nature study
1: <laughs> the best of all sure-fire nature surefire
2: way to spend the night in jail Um, <clears throat> back at the sheriff's station after they've acquired coffee and donuts uh, Cooper is telling Harry about the poem that he heard Shelley read um so we find out that the backstory of this poem, this is kind of creepy, was something that Cooper had sent to Caroline, which is Wyndham's wife. So this is something, this is like, you know, a signal from Wyndham to Cooper. Um, and they get the other third from Donna um, because Audrey is in Seattle, so they, they have to wait to get her third. Um, he is reading this and Cooper has this really great memory where he wants to see a sample of Leo's handwriting. Like what are the odds that he would pick out Leo's handwriting and Shelley couldn't, you know, like, isn't that weird? Well, it's Shelly. Hello. Hi, Sean. Yeah. You there.
1: Did I lose yeah. You? I keep, you keep, you keep cutting out here for a few seconds.
2: Oh. No, I should be good. I hear uh, you.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I, I think, I don't think Shelly and Leo are very close.
2: Yeah, but you feel like you'd, she would know his handwriting, but Coop did.
1: Would you know your wife's handwriting?
2: Yes. No. I don't know. There she you go. She doesn't write. She types. Um, oh. <laughs> so. Okay. So he, anyway, makes the request for Leo's handwriting. Uh. And next door in the conference room, they have Major Briggs waiting. Andy is recreating the owl painting from memory or from photograph. It's got to be from memory because this was this morning. There's no way he could have gotten like a one-hour, you know, print made. There's no Rite Aid in, in Twin Peaks. Um, so Koop comes in. He talks to Major Briggs about all the different cases they're involved in. But he says he thinks that they kind of all are intertwined. And he wants Major Briggs's help in help, like kind of figuring all this out. So what he wants to know from Major Briggs is what was Wyndham Urles' involvement in Project Blue Book, which we know, what, you know, Major Briggs is that's what he does. Um, yeah. Briggs mentions the petroglyph, which he says he dreamed. So he actually is like correcting Andy while Andy's drawing it. And Major Briggs had not been to Owl Cave. He had just seen this in either his dream or when he was kind of that time when he was missing in action. Um, When he's talking about that, we see that hooded figure we saw when he was abducted, and then we see the owl in a fire. Um, Mm. Major Briggs says he's going to help them. Um, Cooper then gets the Leo sample of his handwriting and kind of compares him and knows that Leo is actually the one under the direction of Wyndham who, you know, wrote this poem. And I feel like it's like this moment where you... It feels like the show is back, kind of, in a way. Um, uh uh-huh. At least I feel that way until the next scene is Dick Tremaine with his nose all ban- <laughs> all bandaged up. And they're doing a wine-tasting benefit. okay. Oh, yay. Um... But it is kind of a funny scene where he makes sure Ben Horn is going to take care of the damages to his nose. Um, Ben is wearing, like, this weird – he has, like, the, the, like, barbershop pinstripe, like, kind of pink, red pinstripe, and then the weirdest tie in this. I don't know. Um yeah, I
1: like I, I like this version of Ben so far. Strange, I know you don't, but I some do. Some
2: strange costuming happening though in the second season. Maybe some of the some of the biggest like what is happening here with some of the outfits. There's another really good one later on in this episode. Um back at Wyndham's uh hut of flute. <laughs> He's dressed up as like Rosie the Riveter. I don't know. He's got like the bandana on his head and the the overalls. Um, the punk rock guy is in this huge chess piece. He's drinking beer, and he has a funny line where he's like, "I'm pumped." Um, <laughs> well, but Wyndham's got a crossbow. Crossbow. We kind of, you kind of, kind of felt like uh, something bad was gonna happen to this guy. And he asked Leo to fetch him an arrow, um, but Leo, as bad as bad of a guy as Leo is, Leo does not want to fetch Wyndham an arrow. So he sh- he zaps him with that kind of collar he's got, and the punk rock guy's got a line about like, "Don't zap the geek! How am I supposed to get my beer?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and oh, then Wyndham has this speech about how like you know. Mankind has been searching for the answer to what happens after you die, and you lucky boy, you're about to find out. And he gets shot, and it's very like TV shooting where the arrow gets shot, and you look over, and he's already dead. Like there was no yeah. suffering.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears> There's <throat> like blood already coming out of yeah, his mouth.
2: He shot him in the midsection. Like he, it probably took him, it would take him like 20 minutes to die. Um, I
1: don't know. No, no. Not when you're in a paper mache chess piece.
2: Truth. Yeah. And you, you know a lot about paper mache
1: I know more than I should.
2: More than you should. Um, All my
1: paper mache classes at Michael's.
2: <laughs> at the Roadhouse, they're having the kind of... I guess this would be the what? The Twin Peaks committee. Is this auditions? I guess it's auditions for the Miss Twin Peaks package. Yeah, like sign-ups or something. Yeah, like so Ben shows up, and uh, before they start interviewing the girls, Ben wants to make a speech to the committee. He is pushing them towards changing the theme of the pageant to be about, you know, the environment, conservation. Pete kind of calls him on this. This is nothing to do with your kind of recent uh, interest in the Ghostwood Project. And, you know, Ben is very hurt by this. But we know that this is what's happening here. Um, Bobby's there. Ben reminds him to get his dry cleaning. So we know kind of where bobby sits on the totem pole of horn industries um yeah donna is there and she's a nerve seeing ben because of all the things happening with ben and her mom blah 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 like you said last episode of of addition the percolator donna needs a reason to be there and this is it um there was
1: a moment though when she looked at ben walking out the door i was like oh ben's gonna die
2: (laughs) (laughs) ben might ben might die it yeah, I mean,
1: if if Donna's looking at him.
2: If Donna's there, the odds are someone's <laughs> going to die. Um, yeah, yeah. She's the most savage killer on the show.
1: She's pretty bad.
2: She's pretty bad. So, Lana probably has an... Okay. There's probably no clean way to edit that, so I'll just tell everyone my computer ran out of space. Okay. So I had to delete a bunch of really, really important things. To make room for the rest of the podcast. But we're back. That's what's important. Um, we're back! So, let's see. We were in the middle of talking about the... Oh, Lana. Lana probably has an edge here. Because mm. she's she's engaged to the one of the... Not only the guys on the committee, but I think he's one of the judges, too. So... Which is, yeah. I mean, like, I get it. I get that this is a fictional television show, but it seems a little like, come on. Would they really let no, her Bobby. enter or him be a judge, you know? Bobby even says,
1: can anyone smell a fix?
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bobby Bobby says what we're all feeling normally, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. Voice of reason.
2: But there is a great part of the scene where when Mike shows up with Nadine, because Nadine's going to enter... Bobby pulls Mike aside, because Bobby wants to know, and we all, so do we all, want to know yeah. what is happening with Snake and Nadine, and Mike, very calmly, is just like, do you have any idea what sexual maturity and superhuman strength can result in, Yeah, and then... Like kind of, you know, with no dialogue whispers something in Bobby's ear and Bobby just like screams and loses <laughs> his mind. And it's I just wrote yeah. it. It's fantastic writing. You know what I mean? Like whatever he said, yeah. it's it's just awesome. Um
0: Little story about Snake and Nadine <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do it as no no no, do it as Andrew Luck
0: old story about snakin. I can't do it. I can't
2: <laughs> sing as Andrew Luck. I can't do it. Oh. Can Andrew Luck sing? That would be fantastic.
1: That would be fantastic.
2: Um,
1: um can we we need to pause for one second, sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. All do right, you on. need
2: do you have to delete some stuff off of your computer?
0: <laughs> yeah I do. <laughs> oh, hold
2: on. Okay. We've got a lot I of see. editing to do in this one. I don't know.
1: If they were just like sitting somewhere and she grabbed them or
0: something.
2: It, just, it wouldn't make sense for them to be down here. Yeah, sometimes. Like, were well, they not in your bag at all? Like in a glass case? No, I definitely not me. <clears> throat> Guess throat> who's back? Back throat> throat> again. Shady's back. They're my the <clears throat> <throat> friends.
0: <clears throat> This the
2: Dude.
1: Crisis averted.
2: I, f- I freed up 20 gigs, and then I just lost it to all that dead air. Sorry. It's cool. You guys good?
1: Sam lost <laughs> her glasses, because oh, Amelia no. likes to play with her glasses. Ah, yes. So we were trying to find them, and we found them.
2: Good. Okay, good.
1: Yeah. It's all good.
2: Good. Let's good. move on. Um,
1: Snake and needy.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a thing, dude. It's a real thing.
0: My favorite characters. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Sorry,
2: go ahead. Uh, Harry goes to the Packard residence to... I guess not, it's not the Packard residence anymore now. Ooh, it's the Martel residence. Um, yeah. He goes to see Catherine and talk about Josie. Harry's, Harry's not over Josie. He'll never be over Josie. Um, no. So Catherine talks kind of Jo- Catherine's excited Josie's gone but he talks she talks to Harry about Josie and what she knew about her kind of that you know from her standpoint Josie kind of just showed people what they wanted to see um and you know that's c- c- just kind of who she was she used that to her advantage um Catherine then shows um Harry th- the puzzle box this is something that she's trying to get to the bottom of uh, Pete shows up, and Pete, I think, I think she gives it to Pete, and he drops it, and it's the like the most over the top theater delivery of the word <laughs> butterfingers of all time. <laughs> she goes butterfingers. It's like so. <laughs> if I do a soundboard for season three, that is so gonna make it on. The soundboard. It's so good. Uh,
1: Butterfingers. Hey, is Pete alive still, like in real life?
2: No, dude, he's dead. Oh. okay. Rest in peace, Jack Nance. He's so good. Yeah, he's pretty funny. He would have been so great in season three. Um, but, of course, when he drops it, it opens, right? Or at least part of it opens. And what we see is kind of this, like, lunar pattern. I don't know, lunar calendar or whatever. Um, yeah, but they still haven't opened it up. This is just like the next level. Um, anyway, Butterfingers. Um, Butterfingers. So, meanwhile, uh, not in California. Uh, Coop and Annie are on a nature study, which just means they're out in the. They didn't go to the movies, right? They're just they're yeah. out in the woods and you know it's a date and he's talking about herself she's talking about she had a boyfriend she had to face her fears you know coming back to Twin Peaks this is a place where everything kind of went wrong for her Um, Coop kind of keeps kind of hitting at the scars on her wrists and she says they happened because of the, the boyfriend and then they kiss finally and it's like okay so like Laura Flynn Boyle wasn't cool with Sherilyn Finn, but she's okay with with Heather Graham, you know.
1: Are they still dating at this point?
2: I mean, I get it's like Twin Peaks didn't last for very long, so huh. maybe not. But anyway, um, so the, the but we've we noticed that this whole time and since the beginning of Annie and Cooper's relationship, Merle has been there watching. <laughs> He's dressed as a fisherman on the you know on the side of the lake that's definitely not in southern california just kind of watching them and uh you know coop this is this feels bad this feels bad for you coop we don't like we don't like this um so over at the great northern they're having the you know charity wine event that
1: just skip through this (coughs)
2: <coughs> so, this is so much better to me than at least the fashion show. There's at least a few lines. I, I don't know. I, I won't go into this too much, but there's some funny stuff with Andy. And my favorite part by far is the the actress who plays Lana has a great line where um, it's like a very Parker Posey, Parker Posey kind of delivery. I forget what he asks, but she goes, By smiling. Um... <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You're it's totally pretty, right.
2: It's pretty good. This this yeah. is not as bad as it could be and would have been had other people been writing or directing this episode. But yes, it's let's true. let's skip through it. Um, and we'll have to skip through more. They they cut they kind of chop this up.
1: <clears throat> One thing I wanted to say before I forgot: watching Coop Kiss is like the weirdest.
2: Yeah. Like yeah. it
1: didn't look right. Anyway, go
2: on. I feel like it was hard. It was hard to watch him. Like I don't think it's because of how he does it. It's just you're not used to him being Uh, that character.
0: (laughs) I think it's totally
1: how he does it. It doesn't look. It looks weird. Is it? It just like it.
2: What episode? Which? which, Which? Um. Which one? Which Superman is it? Where he like kisses Lois Lane.
1: Oh, with Kyle MacLachlan, I think no, it's no. Uh,
2: <laughs> no. what Superman movie?
1: Oh God, I could oh, I can't remember.
2: I always felt it was weird when he was like romantically involved. I feel the same way. Was, sure. Like, I don't want to see him be like that. He's like Superman, right? Yeah. Like, you, you don't like no, seeing get him because he's just so moral and good that it's hard to see him like yeah. be a human being. You know, I feel that way about Cooper sometimes.
1: <laughs> totally. Is,
2: it's just unfair because right. he's a man. All right, let's move on. Um. Okay. Back of the double R. Uh, Gordon Cole is having pie with Shelly Johnson. Um, yeah. Coop shows up, and I guess I didn't notice this in the last scene, but like, what is Annie wearing? She looks like straight out of Little House on the Prairie. So I know that like she just came out of the convent, but like. It's so weird and bad. This probably yeah. should—it should, probably should have been a deal breaker for Coop, by the way, right? Like,
1: mm, I don't think Coop's not in it for the body, bro.
2: Yeah, but it's not about that. It's not that. It's like her taste in clothing is so strange. Like, did she I, ki- yeah. did she dig up a grave and like steal that outfit?
1: I don't, I know. don't know.
2: So anyway, the two of them join uh, Gordon and Shelly for pie and, um, it turns into this like double date, which is funny because someone else like serves them because no one is working at the, at the double R at this point. You've got, you know, the two of them who would normally be there and it's some waitress we've never seen before brings them pie. Um, and there's, yeah I was going
1: to point that out
2: <laughs> yeah, I think like, we've always <laughs> talked
1: about who wants to the double R and some woman we've never seen before we, we've there?
2: never seen Like they have to have people there to, to work um, so there's a great moment where Gordon turns to Shelly and he tells her before he loses his nerve he's going to kiss her which of course when that happens Bobby walks in and he's like what is happening um, great line It's a great line. I I forget what he says exactly. Is You're witnessing, like, two adults kissing, and then he says, take another look, Sonny. It's going to happen again. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I just wrote, it's good to be the king. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Take another look, Sonny. It's going to happen again. When
2: you're David Lynch, you can write whatever you want uh, for yourself. Very funny. Yeah. Yeah. So then they go cut back to the wine thing. It's kind of funny because Lucy's trying to like answer and Dick's kind of being a jerk. Um, And she, whatever she spits wine on him. We feel the same. We all collectively spit wine on this plot and this scene. Yes. Um, So after, after the date at the double R and goop, Coop is at the great Northern and he's like, by the fire, is he drinking milk? Like does Coop drink? We don't oh, see don't him know. drink, right? Ever?
1: I don't think he's drinking milk.
2: I think he's he's either drinking milk or eggnog. Like he has a cup, like a glass of milk. He probably well, doesn't. I don't, I don't think he drinks. White Russian? I don't think it's a White Russian. Okay. I think he drinks in one of the episodes with Hawk, like early on, but I don't anyway. Um and then Billy Zane just shows up out of nowhere, starts talking about love and like love as hell. It's very like kind of, you don't know him at all. Why are you saying these things? Um, and then Coop quotes the Hindus and then, you know, Billy Zane kind of goes after the Hindus, which is like big mistake, dude. Don't go after the Hindus around Asian <laughs> Cooper. Um, but they're commiserating because they're both, you know, kind of in love or they're, you know, close to feeling like they're in love. And uh, Billy Zane asked me, oh, you're on the critical list, too. And, and I wrote like, yeah, I would be with your girlfriend, but my real life girlfriend put her foot down. Um, <laughs> so th- at this point, well. What? I just think this
1: scene between Billy Zane and Kyle McLaughlin is on par with the scene in Heat, where Robert De Niro and Al Pacino meet.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what level this is for me right now. (laughs) Like, finally, we've been waiting for these two to just sit down and talk it out.
2: Finally, they do. Um, And they do. But as soon as it's going to go someplace, they're going to really get in deep. Uh, John Justice Wheeler gets news. He bails. He says he's going to be checking out um maybe that stew he's been cooking in his room is finally done so back at the hayward house i have a really really important question not only for you dallas but for any of you twin peaks fans out there who are following along with us watching the show listening to the podcast dallas this is my question back at the hayward house where are gersten and harriet hayward
0: well,
1: I, they're probably with that Indian kid. That's a different
2: family. Yeah, but I don't. I don't remember that guy. So they're probably wherever that guy is. Eileen, and Doc, and Donna are sitting at a table for four. Like it's not only, even like they left them out of the scene. Like oh, they're at, you know, Gerston's at um, piano practice, and Harriet's at poetry club and that's why there's no one at their seats it's like they've been erased from the family they're at a at a dining at a dining room table for four when we've seen that family in that dining room sit at a much bigger table like the episode where leland sings they have two younger daughters who should be at dinner where are they
1: yeah well maybe that's season three
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway but i'm glad that no one's worried about it no one's worried except for us we gotta find them well you what i we forgot need? they were they, I, it's yeah just, i forgot about them it's strange to me that they could not like did they not want to pay alicia witt to be in this episode If you're going to have a family dinner with this family, like they should be there. It just feels like lazy production. (sighs) (laughs)
1: Well, tweet David Lynch.
2: I might. Um, Okay, so then there's the shot of... We see a shot of the moon and then that hooded figure who was kind of tied to Major Briggs and then the owl... And this is when Coop shows up, um, gets a call, and shows up at the gazebo. That was he was just right outside by the lake. Uh, Andy is there, and he's brought his metal detector. Harry says that, um, you know, there's no sign of a bomb. Cooper has everyone move back, uh, but we kind of know what's in the box. Um, what's in the box? He kind of does this elaborate thing with the gun, and it's kind of him showing off. But like, he ties a rock to some police tape to the box and then instead of just like using more police tape to like back away and just pull it he shoots the rock with the gun which is just I guess it makes for better television um
1: it's impressive
2: but then we see that you know it's uh the punk rocker in the chess piece and there's a sign on it that says next time it will be someone you know And Wyndham has delivered his message. And in that uh, ends episode 19 of season two of the show, Twin Peaks. Dallas, what did you think? Where's my beer?
0: (laughs) Don't zap the geek. (laughs) Um,
1: Well... We moved through this episode pretty fast, and I feel like we did that because we took out all the stupid wine part.
2: <laughs> Which is fine,
1: because uh, there's a lot. There's way too much of the wine tasting thing.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like I hated the wine tasting thing. Like you hated the pine weasel. Okay. And I hated it because it was just so goofy and had nothing to do with anything. Like him dipping his nose in the wine and it getting more and more pink. I like I got the joke, and that's fine. But I was just like, I wanted like there's actual stuff happening in this episode. Can we just get to the stuff that's happening?
2: I like, think that's a really, I think that's a really good point. Like, I feel like this is where the show kind of comes back. And I think what I think the problem is is that people liked Lucy and Andy in the beginning. Sure. However, the the way that they portrayed them, their kind of characters, were something that people liked. So I think it's them trying to pay kind of play to the gallery thinking yeah. oh well we're bringing Lucy and Annie back into this but at this point it's just kind of like they're kind of tough to save so it does it just doesn't work yeah um, but I'm guessing that's why that they have that in there um, <clears throat> but yeah I I you know I, I agree it, it should have been a lot. It should have been a scene that was much shorter. They didn't need to cut back, you know, into it as many times. Yeah, as like they did. three times, I think. Because, yeah. like you said, you're right. That we finally have a plot moving forward. Like you know, Wyndam has been a part of this whole season, even going back to the early, early episodes where Albert mentions him. But stuff's finally kind of starting to happen, and and you're yeah. right. It's just kind of a distraction. So yeah,
1: it's annoying. <laughs> There's stuff with Wyndham. Uh, like even the miss. Twin Peaks pageant is more interesting to me than any of this. Sure, uh, sure, The whole Ben Horn thing with Donna's mom. Like, there's just things happening and that I'd rather spend time on. Sure, sure, so, sure. So.
2: Yeah. No, I agree. That was
1: very frustrating. With me. But, all in all, I like the episode. Again, as I talked about on the last episode, I, Heather Graham's great. Yes. Uh, Billy Zane's great. Yes. All the people, like, you know, David Lynch has been awesome in these episodes.
2: Yes, Agreed.
1: So yeah, all in all, I mean, it's it. I like the. It, it felt the the pace of the episode felt nice, and uh, and I'm feeling like we're reaching a crescendo, which uh, I can only imagine was what they were hoping to do with the death of Laura Palmer, <laughs> and yeah. then weren't able to do so.
2: Yeah. No. It it does. It. This is the point where the show kind of refocuses its energy, and kind of we're 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 getting close. We actually only have two more episodes to go before we get to the finale. Yeah. So, we're wrapping up here. We we have uh, I talked about this on the last podcast is kind of have a tentative schedule for how I'm hoping we can get through everything before the new season starts. And so um I think if we keep the pace we're on, we'll be good. So, uh but yeah, it's exciting. We only got we only have three more episodes we got the movie and if we can yeah. i would like to get you to to read the new book that mark frost just put out um because there are some other books but this would be the most i think important one for us to discuss in regards to you you know this podcast and us moving forward and it also is worth noting this is something that's just happened is that <clears throat> they've announced that mark frost is going to be releasing another book um, that's going to come out at the end of this year, actually on Halloween. So I'm guessing that means that season three is going to take place between, you know, the, the premiere date is May 21st. And I'm guessing it's going to be done before October 31st. Cause then that's going to be, you know, potentially the last piece of Twin Peaks we're going to get. So um, well. Which is really exciting. Uh, I, you know, I, I would like to talk more about that once we kind of get you through everything and get you the book to read. Um, but yeah, man, we got a lot to do. We got a lot of work. We got a lot of we got yeah. a, lot, a lot to dish before season three starts. So,
1: well, I'm in. Let's do it. I'm not going to read the book, but everything else sounds good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> cliff notes? Can I get you the cliff notes?
0: Only read it. If there's an Andrew Luck version,
2: dude, it's it's a it's a pretty good impression. Uh.
1: Thank you. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna record some books on tape.
2: All right, man. Thanks, Dallas. So, okay, thank you, buddy. If this is gonna air, let's see. This is gonna air on. Maybe next week, a week from Friday, so April 14th ish. Tell us what is coming up for you after that.
1: Uh, please go, if you live in San Diego, go to Public Square Coffee House April 20th and okay. uh, see the stand up show there that I, that I put on, that I book. Awesome. Good lineup myself, Derek Poston, Sean Grant, uh, and uh, Jesse Egan. And uh, it's going to be a fun show. It's a fun show. There's free beer.
2: Cool. Really?
1: Yeah, dude. Uh, it's five bucks to get in, but there's free beer and there's really good food specials. Josh Kimball came last time to the show. Cool. And uh, and yeah, man. So come out Public Square Coffeehouse in La Mesa, the village. If you are in the San Diego area, you can also uh, go buy my album. It's on iTunes. An evening of this. Uh, that would be lovely as well.
2: And, and people can find that through your Twitter handle, right? Is it at Dallas underscore MC? That's correct. And... That is your your album where you do your kind of one-liners. Are you working on like a new album of what you're doing now?
1: I am doing – I'm working on a new album but not necessarily of what I'm doing now. I have okay. a show that I'll be promoting heavily May mm-hmm. 23rd
2: I think it is. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's going mean, to be you mean, like, you like you a – mean two
2: days after the season three premiere airs? I guess so. Wow.
1: But I'm doing a one. I'm doing like a one man show kind of a thing
2: about the season three premiere
1: about Twin Peaks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's I'll be, called. I'll uh, be there.
2: I'm gonna fly down. I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, it's called Thoughts from the Owl Cave, and <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> it's called What I Would Have Named the Owl Cave.
0: Yeah,
1: no, but I, I am doing a show May 23rd, uh, and it's gonna be like a kind of a awesome. Mike show story a night of stories okay and uh, i'm recording that and it's gonna be called uh, i already have a title for it it's called the velocity of celebration and uh i'm excited cool man yeah
2: and that's gonna be wait did you say where that was? that's gonna be
1: it's gonna be the whistle stop
2: okay all right
1: we're gonna do two <coughs> shows first one i we know of is at the whistle stop okay and our, my good friends at so say we all are producing it so that's nice and awesome we'll see man cool Thanks, buddy. We'll
2: all we'll look forward to that, and I'm sure we'll, we'll uh, make sure we keep plugging that as we go. It'll on It'll be a hoot. <laughs> Are you going to do the whole thing as Andrew Luck? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it
1: so fast.
2: I think you should. Uh, I smell the okay. Grammy. All right, Dallas. <laughs> Thanks, bud. All
1: right, buddy.
2: Uh, follow us at Percolator Pod and uh, subscribe on iTunes, and we will see you next time.
0: Yay! Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let, Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't... let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't. Let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes. Something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? Mm. That's the ketchup. I like coffee. Donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamplin.